You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. Good morning. I had planned on saying, uh, wishing you a Merry Christmas, and now I have to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, the weather got to us. I cannot believe this happened two years in a row that the uh, weather has affected our uh, our Christmas uh, services uh, like it has. Uh, two years in a row, I've had an interesting time on the way to try and see family. Last year, I told the story about how we were driving up on top of Poor's Knob Mountain trying to see some family, and I got up there and got on a long sheet of ice uh, three vehicles, Becky and myself, were in front, and then we had others following up behind us. Our children followed behind us, and there's a big drop-off, and how uh, scary that was last Christmas. We told our family in advance uh, this year we would not drive up that mountain. Uh, so we were meeting at a different home, but it was still kind of treacherous uh, on the way. Uh, I want to give thanksgiving to God that my son-in-law has been trained uh, to drive in law enforcement because uh, we were in a four-wheel drive vehicle and he was driving, Becky and myself in the back seat along with Drew, our grandson, and he and Jessica in the front seat. And I, I hope you're not the person that was driving a white car in front of us because someone kept locking the brakes up in the midst of the snow as we were heading uh, down 18, heading to Wilson County to see family. And uh, let me give you a driving lesson when it's slick, it, you don't hit your brakes, okay? And this person kept doing it. And finally, the vehicle, you know, one vehicle had to go to the right. And luckily, no one was coming in the left-hand lane. And uh, Matt had to go to the left. And uh, we're going sideways down the highway. And that's why I'm giving thanks that uh, he was trained to drive because he was able to get it straightened back up uh, on it. So I hope you didn't have any interesting events like that uh, over your Christmas holidays. We've been doing a series that we called Christmas Family. We thought it would be an opportune time to focus on the family uh, itself because all through the Christmas story, you have some family themes. And while we have been looking at, of course, the traditional story of Christmas, we have also been trying to glean some practical lessons that we can apply to family life. We started out this series talking about raising spiritually sensitive children. And uh, we looked at Mary, uh, kind of as a poster child for that, and talked about how we need to raise our children to be spiritually sensitive to God's will. Mary more or less you know, told the angel, here I am, I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do, and that's the way we need to try and raise uh, our children. We also talked about having jealousy-free families. And I know no one is ever jealous at Christmas. You're never jealous over the number of gifts or the type of gifts that siblings receive or anything like that. But just for sake of wasting a message, we talked about jealousy in the family because that does happen sometimes. And we looked at how Elizabeth, instead of being jealous, was thrilled to death at the good news, the great news that Mary had, that she was going to be having the Savior. We also have looked at worshiping families because all through the Christmas story, you see worship taking place. And we need to worship as families, not just as this family, but we need to be worshiping families, even 
in, in our homes. Today we're going to talk about a miraculous baby. A miraculous baby. We intentionally involve children in our worship service today. It was supposed to have been last week. By the way, your bulletin is a week out of date, but we weren't going to throw it away as color and everything like that. So, you know, don't call us or send us emails saying it said December the 26th. Not, we know that already, okay? Uh, but we, you know, so it's, it's a week behind, but it has the notes inside to go along uh, with the message. But uh, we intentionally involved your children in the worship service because we wanted to remind you that your own children are miracles. Do you realize that? Do you realize all the children that we saw up here, that they, they are miracles from God? It's a miracle just to see life come into this world. How many of you, uh, either by, by virtue of being the mother and having the baby, or by virtue of being the father and being in the room when the child was born. How many of you have been there in that moment? Raise your hand. One of the men got his hand up really like this to start with. Some of the rest of you are afraid you're going to faint again, you know, like you did the first time. But that's a miracle. And I remember being there when it was taking place and, and you know, getting the, the first sight of the head of that baby and being there and <coughs> hearing that baby cry the first time, seeing that baby take his first breath. Now, crying later on, we get tired of, right? <laughs> but it's a miracle when you first hear that baby cry out. I had the chance to go through it three times. The... Uh, First two were kind of born normal hours during the daytime. Jared was stubborn, came middle of the night. The first time, you, you know, you go through all this Lamaze stuff, and they tell you to bring a little picture of some type that can be a little focal image to put on the wall and direct your wife's attention, you know, there. When the contractions are coming and, you know, blowing her face to keep her from breathing, uh, they just didn't tell me my wife would become demon-possessed when I did that. <laughs> and uh, when, when, when the contractions were, you know, coming, she, it helped her to have something to squeeze on. First time uh, around with Jessica, I, I gave her my bicep. Second time around with Bethany, I got smarter. I took a tennis ball and I said, here, squeeze on this. But it's, it's a miracle, children being born. And today we're going to talk about a miraculous baby. See, it's not, not just our children, but, but, but all children are miracles. And, and especially if you're a parent, you need to recognize the potential of that child. And, and you need to recognize the God-given responsibility you have of trying to introduce that child to Jesus. See, out of everything that you've given your children, and we try and give them the world, you know, in this day and time... Anything they see and want, we try and buy. But the most important gift you can ever give your child is Jesus Christ. And not just our own children, 
the children in general. That's why we do things like the children's ministry. That's why we try and encourage you to be involved in children's ministry, helping to teach children. They are God-given gifts with God-given potential. God has great plans for their lives, and, and we need to do all we can to encourage that. But especially, we want to focus on a very special, miraculous child here for our Christmas service a week late. And that is Jesus Christ. Look at these familiar words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. That's significant because it was foretold the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. If you want a picture of God governing the affairs of mankind, the Roman world thought they were taking a census so they could get some tax money. God, I think, had them to take a census just to get Joseph and Mary in Bethlehem. And it goes on and it said, Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. That's also significant because Jesus would come through the lineage of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Not married yet. She had never been with a man. She's going to have Jesus Christ, the Savior, God the Father, Jesus, virgin born. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, from there, we're going to go on and look at other verses today. And as we do so, I want us just to kind of focus on some things that normally happen, some familiar events that take place when a baby is born, and recognize how these same familiar events happen in the Christmas story. Here's the first thing, the birth announcement. You see, we do that. When a baby's born, we announce it. I mean, we call everybody. I did it with, with my children. You do it with your grandchildren. You call, you know, let people know your grandchild has been born. You know, we did that when Drew was born. That's my most recent experience with this thing of babies being born. I mentioned to you, I gave you some insight. Becky probably wished I had not, you know, to, uh, to our children being born. Honestly, it was harder on me, I think, when, when Drew, my grandson, was being born. Maybe it's because I couldn't be in the room or something. I don't know. But, you know, I'm, I'm outside the door, and I'm leaning over, trying to listen through the cracks and everything else. And I am praying my heart out because I can hear her, you know, through the door. And when the contractions come, you know, when, when she's you know, getting ready to push and everything like that, man, I'm outside the door. Then when he's born, guess what I told people? I told people about it when, when my children were born. We do that. We make birth announcements. We put it in the paper and everything else under the sun. But I want you to notice a birth announcement that trumps all birth announcements. Look what's said here in, in verse 8. Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel, 
of the Lord appeared to them. Now, I made some birth announcements. You made some birth announcements. We didn't make this kind of birth announcement. An angel appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Put yourself in this scenario. Put yourself there as one of the shepherds. And all of a sudden, heaven opens up, an angel appears and is making this announcement to you that a baby's been born. The, the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone round about. And I want you to notice something. The Bible says they were terrified. By the way, next week when we launch into our new series for January, it's entitled Fear God for this reason. I'm afraid in our culture today, even in church culture in America, We've kind of got away from a healthy fear of God. We've almost boiled it down to just standing in awe of God. But I'm telling you, when I read the Bible and people had face-to-face encounters with God or face-to-face encounters with angels even, they are scared to death. Do you see that? God's glory terrified them. It frightened them. And we ought to be that respectful of God ourselves. But there's something else that goes with that. Even though they were terrified, the angel turned right around and said, don't be afraid. And I think those two things go hand in hand, and we'll develop that some in the series that we're going to do in January. And that is simply this. If we will fear God the right way, we'll also learn that we don't have to be afraid of Him. Because all through the scriptures, you know, God would appear to someone and they're afraid, and then God would say, don't be afraid. But they are absolutely terrified, these, these shepherds are, as this announcement is made. How in the world could the angel say, or why would the angel say, don't be afraid? See, here's the deal. The angels could say, don't be afraid, because... Of the news that's given. Next slide. Good news. I'm sorry. Good news of great joy for all people. Do you see that? Why did the shepherds not have to be afraid? Because this birth announcement is an announcement that is bringing good news of great joy for all people. Most of the time, a birth announcement is a happy thing. Most of the time, it's good news. I mean, it's good news for the immediate family. It's good news maybe for the extended family and and some of the friends when a baby's born and people are, are happy for them. But this birth announcement involves good news that's not just for a select few, It's good news for everybody. That's why the angel can say, don't be afraid, because the angel is bringing good news of great joy for all people. Why is that true? Why would the angel say that? You see, this baby is not just any baby that's being born. Not just any baby. It's the Savior. 
The angels announced that. A Savior has been born to you. It's not just a run-of-the-mill birth announcement. The Savior has been born. God sent His Son into the world to do this for us. To be our deliverer. That's what the word Savior means. It's built from a root word in the Greek that means to save or to deliver or to protect, preserve, heal, to make whole. That's why Jesus came into this world. He came to deliver us from our sins, to save us from the penalty of our sins, to protect us, to preserve us, to heal us, to make us whole because we were broken because of our sin. This birth announcement is a special announcement. There is a Savior that's available. Have you ever thought why the announcement was made to shepherds to start with? We don't know for sure, but here's, here's a couple of uh, possibilities. Number one, Jesus is going to be the great shepherd. He's going to be the shepherd of our souls who can guide us into heaven. Maybe that's a reason. But another reason, some Bible scholars believe that these shepherds were special shepherds and that they were overseeing and watching over sheep that were sacrificial sheep. And that's why Jesus comes to be the perfect, ultimate sacrifice for the sins of mankind. And through him, we have a Savior that's born. Through him, we who were separated from holy God can be brought back into a relationship with holy God. Through him, we can have everlasting life. Through him, we can have peace. We can have so much peace in our lives that we can say, I'm ready to die. Later on in the story, Joseph and Mary take Jesus down to the temple. And I want you to notice what a guy by the name of Simeon says. Look at these verses. Simeon is there, waiting in the temple. Evidently, it's already been revealed to him that he's not going to die until he sees the Savior. So when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. And praise God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. In other words, God, you told me this was going to happen. Now it has. As you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Here's what Simeon more or less says. He says, I've laid eyes on the Savior. I'm ready to die. I can die with perfect peace because now I've seen him. And you see, in in a similar way for you and I, when we lay eyes by faith on Jesus Christ, when we trust in Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross of Calvary, it brings you and I to the point that we can look at death and die with peace because we understand that he's paid the penalty for our sins. We understand that through him we have everlasting life. This is a birth announcement about the Savior being born. Also, not just any baby, the Christ. See, the announcement from the angel said this, a Savior's been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. The word Christ in the Greek is a Greek word, Christos. It means the anointed one. 
In other words, the one that had been promised, the one that they had waited on, the one that had been prophesied. The root word that is built from the Greek means to smear with oil as to anoint or consecrate to an office or religious service. He's the anointed one that's selected and chosen to be the Savior of the world. The angels even said this, there will be a sign. I'm going to give you a sign. And the Bible gives us signs, and the word signs means an indication. So there's some indications given to us that let us know that Jesus is who he's supposed to be. One sign is that he came from heaven. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that in. They fail to remember we're down here. Okay. <clears throat> One sign is this. He's born in Bethlehem, as I mentioned earlier. That's where the Messiah would be born. Another sign I mentioned is this. He's born in the bloodline of David. Another sign... Other than just an angel showing up, that's a pretty big sign, amen? An angel shows up to make the birth announcement. But other signs were given to them as this. You will find him in a manger. You will find him wrapped in cloths. Now, I'm just assuming this. Even in that day and time... I doubt if you were getting ready to have your baby that the hospital you would want to go to is out where the animals are fed. That the place you want to have your baby, you would probably want to select a place that you would think of to be cleaner than out near the animals. You'd want a better crib to put the baby in than a trough where the animals would feed from. You'd want maybe more stylish clothes for your baby than just wrapping cloths around the baby. But you see, all that was given as a sign. See, the shepherds would not have taken off and just say, all right, we're going to go look for a baby that's been born. I think, I bet they put him in a trough. <laughs> I bet this baby's over here wrapped in cloths. See, you wouldn't traditionally do that. You'd expect parents to have a baby in a better environment than that. So the angel even gives them some information. This is how you know it's the baby that we're talking about. This is how you know it's the Savior. This is how you know it's the Christ. When you go, you'll find him in an animal trough wrapped in cloth. So they go and they look for him, and they find this baby. Isaiah foretold it like this. Isaiah said this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will be with a child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And that name Emmanuel means God with us. He's not just any baby. He's God in the flesh. Things that happen when a baby's born, the birth announcement. We're looking at the birth announcement of all birth announcements. The Savior's been born. The Christ has been born. But he's not just any baby. He's also the Lord. Because the angel said that, Christ the Lord. And the word that's used there for Lord means supremacy. It means to be supreme in authority. But in the Bible, it's a word that's used to refer to God himself. 
So this announcement is saying this, that baby that you're going to find in a manger, in a lowly manger wrapped in cloth, that baby is God. That baby is God in the flesh. That baby is the Lord. Think how great this birth announcement is. Not just any baby, but this baby is very God. Now, it's hard to fit into our little finite minds, but think about it. The very one that said, let there be light, and there was light, is in a baby in a manger. The very creator of all the universe becomes flesh. And the reason it happens is so the God-man, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, can grow up and be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins on the cross. That's this announcement that's been made, that the baby's born. Isaiah also gave us this information. We looked at it during our, uh, during our Christmas Eve service that we had. Which, by the way, we ought to give the Lord... Uh, some thanks over that. We we had a 12-year-old girl saved that night. We all thank the Lord for that. <clears throat> Here's the text we looked at. For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. What a birth announcement. That is who is born. God in the flesh. What happens when a baby's born besides a birth announcement? How about this? How about a joyous celebration? Does that happen? Most of the time? Most of the time, you're thrilled when you have a baby. You're thrilled when you have a grandchild. There's this joyous celebration that takes place. You're, you're happy that it's happened. And you're celebrating this life that's come into the world, this God-given life that's been sent into your family. Look at the celebration that happened when Jesus was born. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor or his, his grace rests. The King James said, Goodwill toward men. And, and, I, and I like that also because here's the deal with that. Jesus being born is showing God's goodwill toward men. That's how much God loves us, sending his son into the world. That's his goodwill, his grace for us. And we ought to celebrate Jesus. We ought to have a joyous celebration of who he is. I celebrated my own children being born. And we, we do that, don't we? we? We'll have a celebration. We'll buy, you know, pink balloons and blue balloons. And, you know, men will stick their chest out and we're throwing cigars around, you know, like we did it all. Except now we're politically correct. We throw out bubblegum cigars and send them to the dentist instead, you know. But we did. We, we celebrate a baby being born. Last year for Christmas, 
Becky uh, got me one of these digital frames that you can load pictures into, and, and it'll be like a slideshow, and it'll rotate the you know, pictures back and forth as you watch it. And we used to have a whole lot of pictures on there. I mean, pictures of our, of our family, you know, going camping or, or some vacations or, you know, just, you know, general pictures, birthday pictures or whatever. We used to have just a, a lot of different pictures on it. Now, there's a picture of one person. My grandson, Drew, because we downloaded just pictures of him. And I'm sitting there a couple of weeks ago, and Jessica had called, and, and I had that frame going and really wasn't looking at it at the time. But then as I start talking to Jessica, my oldest daughter, Drew's mother, I'm talking to her, and I'm, I'm looking at the, at the picture scroll by. Now, Drew, if any of you have seen pictures of him on Facebook, Drew can give you some weird expressions. I don't know if it's the flash or what, but it's like, <laughs> on some of his pictures. And I'm sitting there while we're talking, and one comes up to where he was under the cover, and Jessica's playing with him under the sheet, and his hand's up, and he's scared like Mama's trying to smother me under the sheet or something like that, you know. And I'd had these feelings before, but in that moment as I'm talking to Jessica, and I see that picture come up on the screen, I am just flooded in my heart with how much I love my grandson. And as we were on the way to see family in the snow the other day, and he's in the seat between us, and Becky's on one side, I'm on the other, and he's asleep, and I kind of reached down and touched his cheek, and I'm just flooded with with the potential that's there. You know, and I'm I'm crying some because of that as as we're going down the road. We toyed with the idea when, when I, they came for the second service and they were taking Drew back to the nursery. We toyed with the idea of keeping him in here. And I said, I can hold him while I talk about him. But I thought, well, I, it'd be, we'd take up too much time because it would be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because I want to keep him up here. See, we ought to feel like that about our children. We ought to feel like that about our grandchildren. But can I tell you something? We ought to feel like that about Jesus. We ought to celebrate Jesus coming into this world. We ought to celebrate that God loved us so much. He sent His Son as a picture of His grace, as a picture of His goodwill. We ought to have a joyous celebration about who Jesus is. And I hope you did that this Christmas. I hope you made Christmas about Jesus. Because you see a joyous celebration taking place in this story. What happens when a baby's born? Birth announcement, joyous celebration. You know what else happens? You get excited visitors, don't you? Huh? I mean, sometimes you get people show up out of the woodwork that you kind of even forgot about that were friends, and they find out you've got a baby, and they want to show up and see the baby. Can I give you a side message? And just warn, you know, some of you or warn somebody, maybe even his grandparents. Love the baby, go see him and everything like that. But understand something, the new mama and the new daddy and the baby need some time alone. Amen. Some of you mothers recognize that. Because everybody, you know, will show up. They're excited about your good news. They are wanting to come and see this baby. And, and, and it's fun up to a point. 
But then you want some time there with your own child. That's the side message. That one's free. Do you realize when Jesus was born, there were some excited visitors that's in the story? Look, look at these shepherds, what they did. When the angels had left them, the angel shows up, makes this announcement, other angels join in, and they had this joy celebration. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Man, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Let's go see this miraculous child. Let's go see this baby that's the Savior. Let's go see this baby that's the Christ. Let's go see this baby that's the Lord, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They're excited. They hear about him, and they want to go see him. Can I ask you a question this week after Christmas? Have you ever been an excited visitor who ran to see Jesus? Has there ever been a time in your life that you heard about a Savior being born, that you realized that Jesus was sent from heaven as God's Son, and He grew up, and He went to a cross, and He died on the cross for your sins, and you were given that news? Have you ever been like these shepherds? Have you ever been like an excited visitor, and you run as fast as you can to get to Jesus? Because if you haven't done that, can I tell you what you ought to start out this new year with in, in, in 2011? You ought to start out this new year with Jesus in your heart. If, if you've never run to Jesus, you ought to run to Jesus with excitement. God loved you so much, He put His Son on a cross. And if you've never accepted that into your heart, you ought to run to it. Because that's your only hope and that's your only chance. We can't save ourselves. We can't be good enough to save ourselves. We all have sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. Our only shot at eternity with God is Jesus going to the cross and dying for our sins. And if you've never ran there, you need to be like an excited visitor and you need to get to Jesus as fast as you can. But what about those of us that have already done that? Can I, can I meddle a little bit more? <clears throat> those of us that already know Jesus, are you excited about knowing Jesus? So I started to ask you if you're an excited visitor, but see, that doesn't really qualify because if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you're no longer a visitor, you're family. You're part of the family. See, that makes a difference. I can go see my grandson sometimes and you can't because I'm family. Ha ha. And when you receive Christ as your Savior, you're now part of God's family. I'm just asking you, have you got over it? See, I was excited to see Drew in the hospital when he was born. I was excited to get my picture made with him. If any of you have Facebook, for months now, my picture has been on Facebook with me holding my grandson on my profile shot. I had not changed it till this week, and I, and I changed it to a, a picture that somebody sent me during our, our Busy Bee uh, Christmas uh, that they had here, the, the service that they had. 
And I've been sad about it ever since. I think I'm going to go home and change it back to me holding Drew. So I was excited to see him in the hospital. I'm excited every time I get to see him. That's my grandson. I'm excited when I get to see my children. Even though they've been my children for a long time now. They're all adults now. I'm still excited to get to see my children. See, here's the thing I'm challenging you with. Some of you have been Christians for so long, you've got over being excited about Jesus. So I'm asking you this week after Christmas, if you already know Him as your Savior, are you excited? Are you excited that you got to come to church today? I am. Man, I can't stand missing a week. I hated the snow coming on Christmas. I was excited to get here today. And I hope you're excited to come to church. I hope you're excited to open your Bible and read your Bible. I hope you're excited to pray when you're at home and pray and talk to God and spend time with Jesus because we ought to be excited about Jesus just like these shepherds were excited wanting to go see Him. We should never get over it. We ought to always be excited about Jesus. I'm going to add a little bit more. What did you make Christmas about this year? Were you excited about a Christmas tree with lights and decoration? Were you excited about other decoration? Were you excited about gifts? Did you make Christmas all about what you wanted in a box at Christmas? Or did you make Christmas about Jesus? Because I'm just telling you, as Christians, we ought to be excited about Jesus And that's what Christmas is about. What happens when a baby's born? Birth announcement? We've got a great birth announcement here for Jesus. Angels made it. What happens when babies are born? Joyous celebration? Man, these angels celebrated and gave glory and praise to God. They're in the sky. What happens when a baby's born? Excited visitors. People want to run and go see the baby. And you need to be excited about Jesus. What else happens when a baby's born? Don't we share the good news with other people? Don't we tell other people about the baby being born? Don't we get on the phone or the email or the text or whatever it might be and let people know that we've had a child born or a grandson born? Look what these shepherds did. When they had seen him, they hurry, they go see Jesus. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. And what the shepherds said to them. I'm guilty. I called people. I shared the news when my children were born. Like I told you earlier, Jessica and Bethany came during normal business hours. Jared was stubborn. Jared was born like one something, one. 127. How many seconds? I figured she knew that too. 
Guys, I'm telling you, we, we're in a deficit when it comes to stuff like that. They never forget. Jerry's born like 127 in the morning. And yes, I did. <laughs> About 2 in the morning after things calmed down, I picked up the telephone. I started to call some people at 2 in the morning. One person I called was the chairman of deacons at the church I was pastoring at the time. I don't think he was excited as I was at 2 in the morning. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't give a flip what he thought because I even thought to myself, this is my time to get back. Instead of somebody calling me 2 in the morning, being the pastor, I'm going to call somebody 2 in the morning and I'm going to wake them up. Well, I, I was excited because my son had been born. I wanted to tell other people about it. Did the same thing with Drew, my grandson. I was excited. I wanted to tell other people that my grandson was born. We do that. When our children were born, we tell others. When our grandchildren are born, we tell others. We share good news that happens in our lives with other people. So why do we keep our mouths shut about Jesus? Because these shepherds didn't. They saw Jesus and they left from there pumped up. They laid eyes on Jesus and they left from there. And they're telling everybody they meet about Jesus and what they've been told about him. And I'm just telling you, that's a great pattern for us. And as we go into a brand new year, maybe a good resolution, a good promise, a good commitment we need to make to God today is this. That in 2011, we're going to tell more people about Jesus Christ than we have ever told before. We ought to be so excited about Jesus, having laid eyes by faith upon Jesus Christ, that we go out and we tell everybody we come in contact with about Jesus. That's what the shepherds did. And why not? Remember what they were told? Good news. Tell people good news. Good news of great joy. You tell people stuff like that. For all the people. You know what we're bad to do? Well, if someone acts like me, I might tell them about Jesus. If they dress like me, if they live in the same kind of you know, development I live in, work the same kind of job, same economic level, same color of skin, same hobbies or whatever. If they look like me, but now if they look a little bit weird or something, you know, I, I, I don't know. Listen, what did it say? The angel said good news of great joy for who? All the people. You want a good... Mission statement for day three church for 2011, right there it is. We've got good news of great joy for all people, for everyone. And the Bible said when the shepherds went out and told it, people were amazed at what they were hearing. 
I'm just telling you, that's what we ought to do this year. You and I ought to amaze people. We ought to blow their socks off. We ought to amaze them with the message that God loved them so much that Jesus came into this world and that Jesus grew up and that Jesus went to a cross and Jesus shed God's blood on that cross so that through him we can have everlasting life. And he took his life back up to prove he had done everything necessary for you and I to be saved for all eternity. Maybe it's just me, but it sounds like to me something we ought to tell others. Amen? It it sounds like to me something that we ought to be excited about. We have a miraculous baby to talk about. Christmas family, that's been our topic this month. As we come to the end of this series and as we jump into a brand new year, I hope maybe we've learned some practical lessons from the first family of Christmas that we can apply to our lives and to our families. But especially as we come to a point that the band's going to come back up on stage and do a song and, you know, churches kind of call it invitation time or decision time, whatever you want to call it. Here's two big things we ought to consider this morning. Number one, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, why not accept the greatest gift of all time? And that's free salvation through Jesus Christ. If you don't know you have that, when the band starts to sing, you ought to fly up here to the front. You ought to be excited that you can experience salvation through Jesus. As excited as those shepherds were wanting to go see this baby they've been told about. That's the, that's the Savior. That's the Christ. That's the Lord. He's here today, and He wants to meet you with open arms if you'll trust in Him. So that's the first challenge this morning. Second challenge is for us that already know Him. Maybe you've not being as excited as you should be. Maybe somewhere along the way you've gotten over the, the magic of it all, that God loves you that much. So possibly during this invitation time today, you need to apologize to God and say, God, I'm sorry I've lost some of the sparkle of my Christianity. I, I'm sorry I've lost some of the excitement that ought to be there. And then especially this morning, will you consider this as a challenge from God's heart to my heart and to your heart? And that is this year, we tell other people the good news. The shepherds saw a baby in a manger. They'd been told who he was, and they told everybody. We know who he is because he went to the cross, and he took his life back up, and we ought to tell everybody. Will you make that commitment today? And I understand that's a commitment you can make right where you are, but you know what? It might help this morning if you realize that you've not told people about Jesus as much as you should and we're jumping into a new year and you want something to build your life around for this year and you're already a Christian, here it is. Build your life around sharing Jesus with other people. Maybe slip out from where you are, come kneel and pray as a band plays. Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent a miraculous baby.
We thank you that you became flesh to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins as mankind. That through Jesus, through faith in Him, we can have everlasting life. Lord, you tell us in your word, all have sinned. And that includes everyone here and everyone in this world. Father, we pray if there's someone here that has never confessed that to you, they have never admitted to you their sin, and they have never trusted in what Jesus did for them on the cross. Father, I pray right now you would give them the faith they need to accept the greatest gift of all time, and that is salvation through Jesus. Father, I pray for us that already know Him. Help us to make commitments today. Lord, that we will be excited about what you've done for us, that we'll be excited about Jesus, and that we'll tell other people about him. We'll share that good news this coming year. For it's in Christ's name I pray. As a band plays, Daryl will be here at the front, so will I if you need any individual help. But during this time, Ask yourself, if you know Christ, if not, why not get the greatest gift of all time? Back during our Christmas Eve service, we've been talking about Christmas being a family time. That night, during our Christmas Eve service, the young girl that was saved was led to Jesus by her daddy. Right near the end of the service, before we received the Lord's Supper. So if you don't know Christ as your Savior... Why not come get that greatest gift? And if you do know him, why not make a commitment today for this coming year before God to be excited about Jesus and tell others? We have good news of great joy for everyone. God speaks to your heart. Please come. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Dathan Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at dayfreechurch.com. And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.